Hello, folks. Welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, October 16th, 2022, offered at the Episcopal Church of the Messiah in Heflin, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon was Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, the parable of the unjust judge and the persistent widow. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Episcopal Church, we do a lot of praying. We are a church that actually has defined ourselves and what we believe by the way we say our prayers. Unlike other traditions, we don't have a statement of faith or some sort of mission that you sign on to or accept a book of doctrine when you become a member. Usually when someone is confirmed in the Episcopal Church, what we hand to them is a fancy copy of the Book of Common Prayer to mark their new membership in our church. While our way of prayer defines us as Episcopalians, it can also be a stumbling block for folks that are new to our church. For our worship, right, we use, you have to navigate a book of common prayer, a hymnal, a bulletin. On top of that, you have to figure out, often without instructions, what is affectionately known as pew aerobics, right? So the pattern of standing and sitting and kneeling. There's a lot going on with our prayer, and, but, they, but what we are doing is at the very heart of how we understand ourselves as Christians. Because prayer is so central to our life together, I pay particular attention when I come upon a passage like we have in the gospel today that says Jesus told his disciples a parable about how, their need to, how they need to pray always and not lose heart. This is a curious parable that Luke gives us, right? And he sets us up two main characters. In one corner, we have an unjust judge who doesn't fear God or respect the people. It would seem that this judge was operating completely outside of all of the rules established for a leader in the community and was only out for himself. And in the other corner, we have a widow A woman with no standing in the community, no economic support of her own, no husband or son to speak for her. The parable doesn't tell us how she has been wrong, but the parable makes clear that she has been wrong and that she is going to do something about it. This widow pleads her case to the judge relentlessly. It doesn't matter to her how many times the judge tells her to go away or ignores what she is asking for. She continues to return again and again and again asking for justice. I think it would be safe to assume she probably does not give this judge a moment's peace, maybe even seeking him out, right, in the grocery store or finding him walking down the street or maybe barging in when he's doing something with his family because what she has to say is a broken record and that is grant me justice against my opponent. The parable tells us the widow finally wears the judge down. 
It's not because the judge has had a conversion of his heart and he suddenly realizes that he has a responsibility to the people and that he has a responsibility to God. He has not been convinced by the widow's careful arguments. Instead, the parable tells us that the judge grants her this justice simply because he is tired of her. And when we look at the original Greek, if we were to translate it literally, it's not that she's going to wear me out, but instead the judge is afraid the widow's going to give him a black eye. Possibly an actual black eye, or at the very least, her behavior is going to cause him to lose even more standing in the community. Now we know that we are not hearing this parable searching for where is God in the characters in the parable. Jesus points out very clearly that God is not like the unjust judge. God would be quick to grant justice when his people asked for it. And so we need to remember that Jesus starts the parable by saying that this is a parable for us, his disciples, To learn about what we need to do with prayer. So what do we learn from the unjust judge and the persistent widow? We learn that prayer can be very simple. It doesn't have to be ornate. It can be a repeated refrain of grant me justice. That prayer needs to be said over and over and over again. That prayer is not just about the words that we find to say. It is about what we choose to do with those words. The widow is very active in this story. She's just not meekly sitting at home saying, I wish the judge would give me justice. She is out in the city streets seeking him out to make her case. Prayer is not confined to one place. It happens everywhere all the time. On Sundays, we gather and say very familiar prayers. There's some variation from week to week that matches the gospel or the liturgical year, but the heart of what we say, we say over and over and over again. And it's the repeating of these prayers together as a community that we begin to speak the prayers into reality. We do pew aerobics, right? Because we believe that prayer involves our whole bodies. We stand to praise is what we often say, right? We stand to sing hymns. We don't think about hymns as prayers, but that's what they are, right? So we stand to sing. We kneel to pray and to confess. We sit to listen and to learn. One thing that we probably don't think about as prayers at the very end of the service, we're sent out with some variation of go, right? Go in peace, go forth, go out the doors of this church. And when we hear those words, that's an invitation to keep praying too, to take the prayers that we have said here together as a community and to carry them out that door into the world. Senator John Lewis used to say that when you pray, you should move your feet. All this we do on Sundays is our work out, right? Our exercise, our preparation to be able to take the prayer that begins here and continue it out into the world wherever we go. 
We're to be like the unjust widow who is a broken record, who is praying for justice, who is praying for mercy, who is praying for God's love and grace to fill our world. Now the unjust judge has something to teach us too. Often when we pray, we're waiting for God to do something. But sometimes the person that needs to do the doing is us. Sometimes our prayers and our actions are what we need to focus on and to shape and to take part in now. Perhaps most importantly, what we learn from the persistent widow and the unjust judge that this parable teaches us is that we have to be persistent in prayer even when we don't see an immediate outcome. Jesus tells us, right, this is about our need to pray always and to not lose heart. Jesus is teaching the disciples this parable right after he has told them about what's going to happen. He has talked about going to Jerusalem. He's talked about his crucifixion. He's talked about that he is going to be separated from them, but that he is going to come again as the Son of Man. He has talked about the coming of the kingdom of God, and it's pretty easy to see that the disciples are anxious and worried about this. And so in response to their anxiety, he says, you must always pray and not lose heart. The unjust judge shows us what it looks like when you lose heart. He is separated from God, no longer respects God's call on his life, and he is separated and isolated from his community. He instead is just a person that is completely self-centered, and instead of being an agent for justice in the community, he's an obstacle to be overcome. So when Jesus comes back, which is where our parable ends us, right? So when Jesus comes back, what will he find? Will he find that we have hardened our hearts and are alienated from each other and are only seeking our own self-interest? Will he find us tucked safely away in our churches, saying our prayers where it is comfortable, where we have all the proper equipment to do it, but not taking any action in the world? Or will he find us being fed here by word and sacrament so that we can go out into the world praying as we move our feet? If that's what he finds, then surely when the Son of Man comes, He will say that there is faith still on the earth. Amen.